How good was that? How encouraging is that from Pastor Corey Turner and from Pastor Norman Bev, Pastor David Storer and Pastor George Shalai, our state president. Man, I tell you what, we stand on the shoulders of giants. This is not a one-man band. This isn't just about Jess and I, but the reason we have come so far now is because of the phenomenal team around us, but also the shoulders of the giants that we stand upon. And so we're so grateful for those words. And we can't believe that it's one year already. Like Jess said at the beginning, we can't believe that we're, we're celebrating our one-year anniversary online, um, but we are very, very excited about it. You know, one year ago, is when we launched, but um, in, it was in the middle of 2018 that Jess and I left Melbourne. We packed the kids in the car. We made the journey over um, over here from Melbourne. And, um, and I remember we started to build the launch team, and we had our first night on September the 13th when 10 people gathered together in our living room for our first life group, or what we now call dinner parties. And um, we were nervous. We were a bit, it was a slightly awkward. It's kind of like we're looking around at each other going, is this really going to work? Is this going to happen? And so now to look back over that time to see that we built, that by God's grace, we built a team of 40 amazing people. We launched the church Easter last year, and now this is the day that we celebrate the one-year anniversary. Now we are, have grown from 10 people to 120 people. It's what God has done. Um, we have seen 36 salvations, both people that have uh, come and put their faith in Jesus for the first time, and people that have rededicated their lives to Jesus. We've seen such a move of God on 18 baptisms, and it's been a phenomenal thing. This is why we started the church. We didn't want to just start another church for a church's sake, but to see people's lives transformed through the love of Jesus. We've also seen our church give generously. Over the last year, we've seen $18,000 given by our church to those that are in need. We've seen money given to India to help to empower young women and, and young children. We're seeing money and finance given right now during the COVID time. We're delivering meals to many people that are living in the slums of Delhi right now who can't get out, who are in lockdown because of COVID. And we're able to bring meals to them to help them at the moment. We've been able to help send money over to those uh, during the fire season. And uh, we're able to send money over to a family in Batemans Bay to help them get a, a water tank so that the family can continue to to flourish. We've um, invested a lot of money into seeing churches planted, and it's just been a phenomenal thing to see the generosity of a church. And you know what? The last year has been one of the best years of our lives, um, and especially in fruitfulness, not only in, not only in our lives, but in the lives of many people. And we want it to continue. We want it to continue. So what we want to have a look at tonight is we want to have a look at back and learn from our failures and our many, 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 many mistakes along the way. But we want to learn and think, all right, what have been the keys to fruitfulness for our church that's taken us to this point? And then looking forward, let's make sure that we can continue to implement them to hopefully continue to be fruitful in our life. And so tonight I want to give us three keys to fruitfulness, to ongoing fruitfulness in our life as a church, but also these principles are transferable into your life as well, that you can continue to be fruitful as you take steps of faith and enter into the dreams that God has for you as well. And so the title of tonight's message is, You've Got This, You've Got This. Well, probably more likely the title should be, We've got this. Together, we've got this as we continue to implement these three keys of fruitfulness. And so key number one that I want to have a look at tonight is, key one is a hunger for God. 
Just like Pastor Norm mentioned in his video, he's seen a key to our fruitfulness has been a collective hunger for God. We see that Jesus' words in John 15 verse 5 says, Apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from Jesus, we can do nothing of significance apart from him. So what is the key? Well, he said before that, he says, If you abide in me, you will bear much fruit. You will bear much fruit as you find your source in me, as you find your strength and your energy in me, as you abide in me. And it's a promise. You will. It's not an if, an optional extra, but as we abide in God, you will bear much fruit. Together we will bear much fruit, not just a little bit of fruit. And in the context of John 15, God says, when you bear much fruit, you bring glory to my Father in heaven. And so we're believing for great fruitfulness in your life and our, our lives together as we abide in Jesus. And so for Jess and I, going back to the beginning, we had a hunger after God. I, I guess maybe a more apt word might be we, we were like desperate for God to move. We are like just begging God, send people, please send people our way. And so we, we spent a lot of time praying. We spent a lot of time abiding, waiting in God. And um, and I remember we were so happy when the first couple said they're interested. And then finally a couple said, yep, we want to join. And we're, we're just jumping up and down, so excited to see that there's a sign of fruitfulness to come. And so we can say that this church was birthed in prayer. It's been saturated in prayer. And when we look at back over the last year, we also see that we've had a team. We've had a group of people that have been hungry after God, hungry after the presence of God. I mean, we had a 21 days of prayer and fasting. And usually the prayer meeting in your church is one of the most least attended prayer meetings, you know, right, meetings in your church. But I, I was amazed to see that we had an average of 15 people, young and mature, Rocking up at 5 a.m. every weekday morning for three weeks. Rocking up at 5 a.m. for our hour of power that we had. Um, out of that, people began to do shredding, Bible shredding. You're like, what's that? Well, that's like reading the Bible in 30 days. And people went hardcore. People are hungry after God. And I can say that's been a key component of our fruitfulness um, together. You know, Moses, when, when God used Moses to take the Israelites from Egypt, from slave, slavery in Egypt, into the promised land. At the halfway point, God, this is my paraphrase, God said, all right, Moses, yep, you're doing all right. I'll meet you in the promised land. But Moses was like, no, no, like, don't go. We, we cannot do this without you. What other thing dis- distinguishes us, us from other people on the planet? What is so special about us? You know, the special component about us is not ourselves, but it's your presence. It's your presence alone that distinguishes us from every other people, every other person on the planet. Moses was hungry after the presence of God. You know, it's the same with us as a church. It's about the same as us with people as people. There's nothing necessarily unbelievably special about us apart from God. But I can tell you what, the difference, the great difference in our life is the presence of God. It is the favor of God by the Holy Spirit. You know, when Jesus sent his disciples out before he ascended to heaven, he gathered his followers together. He's like, guys, I've got a mission for you. Go into all the world preaching the gospel. But he said, but wait, but don't go without me. Don't go without my Holy Spirit. And we can read about this in Acts chapter 1, verse 4, where Jesus said, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, 
John baptized with water, but just in a few days, you will be baptized. You will be filled. You will be immersed by my presence, by the Holy Spirit. And then it goes on verse 8 to say, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. In other words, God says to us like he did to the disciples back then. He's saying, wait, wait for my presence, hunger after my presence. The key to you fulfilling this mandate, this mission, this dream that God has put on your heart is the power and the presence of God. God invites us to be hungry after him. You know, throughout the Bible, there's different um, images, imagery that God gives us to understand the Holy Spirit. There's fire is used, water is used, a dove is used, a wind is used to represent the Holy Spirit. But in particular tonight, there's also the oil, oil that represents the Holy Spirit. And so the oil represents the presence of God that helps all the moving parts to move together. Um, I remember a number of years ago, I was driving my Volvo. I think it was like my third Volvo. I just had a thing with Volvos. I don't know what it was, but I was driving a, a Volvo out of Albany um, past the 80K zone, and all of a sudden, my car just died. It just seized up. It died. There's smoke coming out of the engine, and other times I've been able to revive it, but this time it was, it was legitimately done. It was dead. And so I got my brother to come out, and we, we towed it to the car wrecker, and, and that was the end of it. And why did it seize up? Because I'm so ashamed to admit it. I didn't keep its oil topped up. I didn't keep the oil levels topped up. It seized up. There were all the moving components there necessary, but it seized up. You know, you can have the best car in the world. You could drive out with a Ferrari. You could drive out with a Porsche. All the beautiful new moving parts. If you don't fill your car with oil, keep it filled with oil, it will seize up and become absolutely useless. It's like us. We can have all the moving parts. As a church, we can have the lights, we can have the stage, action, camera. We can have all the glitz and the glamour, but without the oil, then we're seized up and we become ineffective. But I like how it works both ways as well. You see, I don't know if you've ever used um, CRC or, or oil to help help items or components that are seized up, maybe a hinge in a door or a component in an engine. But when at one point it was rusty and seized up, when you get some oil in there, then what was once rigid and seized up, then all of a sudden you find new movement and new freedom in this component. And, you know, this is what the oil of the Spirit does to us. We've had people that have come and joined our church, and maybe there's not been anything that they thought is spectacular about themselves. Maybe there's been buried gifts there maybe they feel rusty and used but i'll tell you what when you have the oil of the holy spirit the presence of god as we hunger after god we find a newfound freedom a newfound freedom for us to come alive to the purposes of god and it makes me think about bartimaeus he was hungry after the presence of god blind bart and um blind bart he found out that jesus was coming and so on the edge of the road, as Jesus walked past, he shouted out to Jesus. He said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the crowd around him were like, but be quiet. I don't know if you've ever started to cultivate a hunger after God in your own life. Maybe it's been the, the enemy that's accused you. Maybe it's been your own mind or other people have kind of said, what are you doing? Like, be quiet. Get back in the box. Be normal like the rest of us. Tone it down. Fit in. Don't stand out. Don't get so desperate. You know, it looks bad to be desperate sometimes, but I can tell you what, blind Bart 
instead of pushing his hunger down, he just shouted the louder. He's like, son of David, Jesus, have mercy on me. And Jesus heard him and he turned around and that day, blind Bart became believing Bart as he encountered the power and the love of God because of his, his hunger that brought him to the feet of Jesus and for him to experience the power and the presence of God and fruitfulness in his life. You know, I want to encourage you, don't push your hunger down. Cultivate the hunger in your heart for the presence of God, to see the power of God. Let's never get familiar with the Holy Spirit. Let's never get familiar with the Word of God, with prayer, with fasting, and getting into the presence of God with other people collectively, like you are doing now in a digital way. The key to fruitfulness is to be intentional in building a habit that cultivates hunger in your life. Because apart from God, we can do nothing. Key number one for fruitfulness is a hunger after God. Key number two, and this is what we found as a church, is to value relationships. You know, we've been created for relationships, not for programs. Um, The church isn't an event. It's not a building. It's not a catchphrase or a graphic. But it's the people that make the church. And this is what we've always valued is relationships. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1 to 2. Now, we go, as we go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it's on the back end of, of this whole chapter that's talking about the powerful spiritual gifts that God gives us to achieve his God-given purposes. But now God is a caveat to this, to the Spirit of God moving. He says, from verse 1, it says, If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels. Imagine speaking angel language. But I didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. I mean, in other words, we can do all this great stuff, but if we don't love people, we just make a whole lot of noise, and and noise is annoying, and we don't want to be annoying. If I had the gift of prophecy, if I understood all of God's secret plans and had possessed all the knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be be nothing. My, My life wouldn't count apart from love. I could have faith that moves mountains. I could speak in the language and the tongues of angels, but if I don't have love, we could all do all this great stuff, but without love, it counts for nothing. It's just a whole lot of noise. But we, we don't want to just make noise. We want to be a voice that brings hope, that brings light to the darkest to the darkest places. And it will be known, not by our programs, but our love for one another is what Jesus said to us. And so, you know, when we consider relationships... When we consider love, we consider serving others rather than preserving self, especially in COVID. We can have a temptation to preserve self, but I want to encourage you to value relationships for a key to fruitfulness, to serve others rather than preserving self. And so a key habit for us is to be intentional in building a habit that cultivates relationships in your life. And I love the scripture from Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. It says, let us not neglect our meeting together, as is the habit of some, but encourage one another. I'll read it out once more. Let us not neglect our meeting together, as is the habit of some, but let's encourage one another. Because the truth is, unless it becomes a habit, then it just remains a good idea. Oh, I value relationships. I value people. But unless we actually implement a habit in our life, then it remains just simply a good idea. This verse makes it clear that it's so easy to fall out 
of, of good habits. I mean, I know for Jess and I, when it comes to dinner parties, when it comes to Zoom parties, especially dinner parties, it's like, it's a lot of effort to prepare your house, to get the room all tidy, to cook meals, to get the kids in bed, to figure out what you're going to do that night. Sometimes, just don't feel like it. But we've built a fitness, we've built a habit in our life that helps us to cultivate relationships. And there's never been a dinner party out of the... I don't know, the 70 that we've done so far since the beginning that we've regretted put that effort in. Why? Because we value relationships. I want to encourage you to develop habits in your life, regardless of whether you feel like it or sometimes, to develop and cultivate relationships in your life. So the first key for fruitfulness is a hunger for God. The second is a value for relationships. And the third one is is that everything we've done, we do it together. Everything that we've done, we do it together, is the third key. And I'm going to go to, in a moment, going to go to a scripture in Genesis chapter 11, verse 6. But just for some context, um, at this stage, this is in Genesis 11, the world was united together in the primary purpose of self-glorification. This anti-God sort of rejection of God. The purpose that they had was to build a monument to themselves, to their own name, a tower of Babel, it was called. And so God saw all these people and what they were doing together. And so they decided, God decided to go down and have a look. And this was his observations. This is God God speaking in verse 6. God said, look, the people are united and they all speak the same language, which is what they did at that time. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. And this is God's observation about a wicked people united in a pursuit that's completely anti-Christ, anti-God. But what was God's observation about these people? It was, well, these people have a shared vision. They're united in their purpose, but also they have a shared voice. They spoke the same language. They had a shared vision and they had a shared voice. You know, there is something so powerful about us having a shared vision together and having a shared voice, speaking the same language together. You know, in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, it says, where there is no prophetic vision, people cast off restraint. When there's no prophetic vision, where there's no vision that you can align your life with, then you just cast off restraint. There's no restraint in our life. We do whatever feels good. When we've got no vision or direction, we do whatever we feel like doing. And trust me, you know... uh, (laughs) When we, when we go with whatever we feel like, then we probably most likely end up doing nothing but eating junk food in front of your favorite Netflix TV series, which is okay, which is okay. But if you want your life to count for something meaningful and significant, then what God invites us to do is to find something significant, to attach our life to that vision, to that prophetic vision, to align our life, to align our giftings with that vision and to add purpose into our life. All of a sudden, we live a restrained, intentional Life, where we're intentional about how we use our time. We're intentional about what we do with our gifts and our talents. And we're contributing to something so much greater than just ourselves. And you know what? At Everlife, we've seen people that have come from the woodworks, that have come from all kinds of different backgrounds, that together, as they brought their giftings, as they've made themselves available. You know, we've had some people go, I, I don't think I could ever do something significant for God. But people have found that as they've, as they've stepped out and as they've taken each step of faith, that they've seen that they've been able to grow and they've been surprised and amazed at what God has been able to do as they simply make themselves available for God. 
You know, this is what consumes Jess and I is vision. And the vision for our church is very simple. Number one is that people would know Jesus. You know, we haven't started a church because we just want another church. We started this church because we believe it's the most effective way to reach people, that everyone would know Jesus, have a life encounter with him, that they would know the love of a creator, of a God who loves them so much. And we're going to give you an opportunity at the end of the service, maybe to begin a relationship with Jesus yourself. Our vision is that we would grow together, that we would value relationship, that we would love one another, that we would grow together in our life. And thirdly, that we would go with purpose, that we would have a shared vision and that we would have a shared voice. You know, the people had a shared voice of faith. And what I love about Everlife is that we don't have gossip in our church. We don't have room for criticism. We, healthy criticism is always invited. But we don't, we don't have room for things like gossip, um, like having building up a fence and building fences and separating friendships. But what I love is that our church is so encouraging with one another. We use our, li- our words to bring life to, to birth faith into people's hearts, to build courage in people's lives as they face life difficulties and life's challenges. And I want to encourage you to make a decision, to be vision-driven and to, to make the decision to use your voice in a way that contributes to a vision and to a family. So a key to be fruitfulness, to be fruitful in your life, is to be intentional in building a habit of using your voice to bring life instead of building fences. And you know what? What God said about these people, his observation about them as they had a shared vision and a shared voice is that nothing would be impossible for them. And I know for me, I'm so excited about us as a church. If we look back at what we've achieved over a year together, what you have achieved by simply bringing your part, nothing will be impossible for us as we work together in God. And I believe at the end of this that we can all say that the prayer is true, that where God says, I will do abundantly above all we could ask or think according to his power at work within, not me, not Jess and I, but within us as we work together in Jesus' name. Let's continue to make the priority in our lives to hunger after God, to value relationships and also, (laughs) what's the third point again? Where is it? Do it together. Let's do it together. That's a great example. Jack just had the words come up on the screen right there. It's so good. Let me just pray for us. Let me pray for you for great fruitfulness for us together. Lord God, I thank you so much for every single person watching and listening online, Lord Jesus. And Lord God, primarily tonight, Lord God, I ask that we will make a decision to hunger after you, to hunger after your presence, Lord God. Lord, you're the oil that makes our lives go around. You're the oil that makes everything work. Lord God, I thank you for those that feel rusty on the inside. And I just declare and right now release the oil, the fresh oil of your spirit, Lord God, to come and to come and, and, and come into those joints, Lord God, and to bring freedom to those areas of people's lives that might have seized up in times, maybe through heartache, maybe through disappointments in Jesus' name. And I thank you for great fruitfulness together as we work together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, what we want to do at the end of every single service is to give people the opportunity to begin afresh a relationship with God. It is crazy to think that we can have a relationship with our Creator. We're not here by accident. You're not here watching this by accident. But God loves you so much. He loves you so much. He created this world for you. 
And you know what? God not only created this world for you, He not only created you, but He stepped down into this earth to draw near to you. Last Easter, we learned and we remember what God has done for us. That He expressed His love so much to us that He not only remained in heaven, but He stepped into our lives through Jesus Christ. And what Jesus did when He lived on this planet, on this earth, is He lived a pure, sinless life. And then at the end of His life, He became a sacrifice. He laid his life down willingly on the cross to take our guilt, to take our our guilt and our shame, to take your guilt and your shame and to place it upon himself. And what Jesus did when he died is he paid the penalty. He paid the debt that we owe to this almighty, amazing, holy God. He paid the debt that once separated us from God. And Jesus, when he died, he rose again from the dead three days later, victorious over death that would once separate us from God. Our sin that separates us from God and death, Jesus had the ultimate victory on. And so what God invites us to do now is to draw near to him and to put our faith in him. And right now, I don't know where you are right now, whether you're on your mobile phone or you're at home watching it on the TV or on on your computer. I don't know whether you've been to church before or you're familiar with this whole God thing, but what you need to know tonight is that God loves you so much and that he sent Jesus to die for you. And so right now, I invite you to say a prayer with me. And this prayer is a prayer of faith. This prayer is a prayer that says, God, tonight, right now in this moment, I put my faith in you. I receive this free gift of your forgiveness. I receive this free gift of eternal life that you give me, that I have hope beyond this life. As good as this life is, as good as this life is, we need to have hope beyond this life. And you're invited to put your hope in Jesus tonight. And so if that's you tonight, and whether for the first time tonight, or whether you want to recommit your life to Jesus right now, I really believe that there's some people watching it here tonight that in your heart you're going, yet yeah, tonight I need, I need to make this decision. I need to step over the line tonight I'm going to pray this prayer. Let me pray with you. And would you repeat this prayer after me in your own heart? And I believe God will move powerfully in your life. Thank you, Lord. Dear Lord God, I love you so much. God, I thank you that you love me. Lord, I thank you that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. I thank you, Jesus, that on that cross you took my guilt, you took my shame, I thank you that you paid the penalty, that you paid the debt that I owe God. Lord God, I believe in what you've done for me. I also believe, Jesus, that you didn't stay buried in the grave, but you rose from the dead three days later, victorious over death. Lord, right now, receive your gift of eternal life. I receive the gift of your spirit. I receive your love. Lord, I'm sorry for all the things I've done. And from now on, I commit my life into your hands from this moment forward. For the rest of my life, in Jesus' name, I pray. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Right now, I just pray for every single person praying that prayer. Holy Spirit, that you just come and fill them with your love. Fill them with your forgiveness. Fill them with your spirit, Lord God. Fill them with peace, with your joy, and with your power. And with that oil that begins to make things work. Things that are seized up will move freely. In Jesus' name, awesome. Hey, if you prayed that prayer for the first time or you made that recommitment 
tonight. We are so happy for you. This is the best decision you could ever make. But we don't want you to do the journey on your own. We'd love you to get in touch with us and to tell us. Um, either inbox us, make a comment below, or click a link. There's a link that's been pinned in the comment section, and you can um, click on the link that says, yes, I made that decision. Um, why not get connected through Zoom parties? We want to do this Zoom party. We want to do this uh, journey with you as well. Why don't you click the link to find out more about Zoom parties as well. And, and if you want to give to the vision of Everlife during the season of COVID in faith, in your spiritual practice, like Jess said at the beginning as well, then you can click the, the link that will take you to the giving section there as well. Um, well, we're so glad that you joined us tonight. So exciting. We love you guys. We miss you guys. We can't wait to see you soon. Next week and online. Awesome. Have a great week.